Welcome to the I'm Not a Barista podcast. We're here to talk about all things coffee, from industry careers, brewing tips, community support, and more, with some really incredible people who love coffee as much as you do. We hope their stories inspire you because humanity runs on coffee, and together we can empower all the people behind every cup. Welcome to I'm Not a Barista podcast. Hello. Thank you、I、for inviting. How are you today? Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you, Miki? Very good here. Thank you so much. So,、um, first, please let us know who you are. Okay. So,、uh, long story, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the most difficult question, and that's the one I typically ask to my guests. So, I'm Levent. I'm from Turkey. I am a home barista. And actually, I am a full-time aeronautical engineer. So coffee is my hobby, and I have been brewing coffee since 2010. So that's a brief summary of myself. I am married and have a daughter,、uh, five years old. So she takes my time, and she also likes coffee. <laughs> really, five years old? <laughs> yeah, five years old. But she can drink coffee. Even she likes espresso. <laughs> Well, I guess that's how you become a Turkish, right? It's <laughs> <Coffee is> a <laughs> part of <laughs> who you are. Exactly. So it's interesting. When I read your、um, bio, you say you're an engineer. Tell us about your real job. Yeah, sure.、Uh, I mean, I graduated in 2006 as an aeronautical engineer. Then I got my master degree. Then I started PhD. So I mean, I, I was a true engineer at that time. Actually, still my title is senior engineer, so I am working in a global company.、Uh, first five six years, I worked in aviation industry. I worked in design of、uh, aircraft engines, the jet engines. Then now I am in the <laughs> power industry, so that's why you know I like the engineering side of the equipments. I like the equipment reviews, especially the hand grinders. So I have a different look as I am an engineer. So. I've been an engineer for the last 16 years, so it's a aircraft engines, aircraft design. Also, I had some leadership roles in a global company.、Uh, as I mentioned, coffee is my hobby, but、uh, it takes a lot of time, I guess. Yeah, must be right.、Um, you're a blogger. You have your own podcast. You're also a YouTuber. You create video content. Yes. And you have、uh, your Instagram account. So there are a lot of things going on、um, exactly. with, the, with the coffee in your life. So. How is your coffee journey going so far since 2010? Oh,、uh, you know everyone likes coffee, especially when working. So it all started like that. So before we just have the instant coffee and the Turkish coffee in Turkey. So it started like that. I cannot say I was a big fan of coffee at that time, but in 2010,、uh, during a business trip, I bought a Hario V60, a plastic one. Then in two thousand eleven, I bought another one, a glass one. So they are still in service. Plastic one is a real survivor. You need to see the picture of it. <laughs> it has been in service for the last twelve years. So after two thousand thirteen, specialty coffee.、Uh, at that time, it was called third wave coffee. Actually, you know, it was a more popular name at that time than the specialty coffee. I started to. Uh, find specialty coffee roasters. Then I learned what the coffee is, what specialty coffee is, 
and I fell in love with coffee and I like to try different coffees from different roasters. Then it was a whole new world for me. Then, you know, now we are in 2022 and uh, I have been trying maybe at least 30, 40 different coffees in a month and maybe 300, 400 coffees in a year. So it all started as most of us like instant coffee. Then now it grew into the all the world of the nice specialty coffee, Mickey. That's a lot of coffee you test every month. Yes. So compare with your full-time career, is coffee more complicated or your engineering career is more? <laughs> oh, it's a difficult question. Coffee is complicated. I mean, it's there are many chemical reactions and such, but I am not the Jonathan Gagne, so I cannot tell you more about it. I mean, both has their own complexities, but as I earned money from the engineering, I need to say it's more complex, Mickey. But brewing coffee is also a complex journey. It takes a lot of time to read and learn, especially if you're a blogger or if you have a, you know, aim to tell people what the coffee is, how to get the most out of it, uh, then it becomes more complicated because, because you need to think about the materials, the design, and everything, how to use it. There is some physics behind it. You need to know what you are doing. It all depends on the equipment you have. For example, people say, you know, I use 1 to 17 coffee to water ratio. That's okay, but you can just use it if you have a very good grinder, very good particle size distribution. Otherwise, you know, you should not use 117. Maybe you can use the 1 to 15. So that's the physics behind it. That's the complexity behind it. So if you are a really a good coffee lover, you read and learn. It's not rocket science, but you need to learn the fundamentals carefully. Then all the cups becomes uh, a joy for you. Of course. Um, as I remember, you are not the only engineers in the coffee industry that I interviewed. And that also there are some big names such mm -hmm. as Jonathan, also engineer yeah. from physics, right? Yes. I want to know, you guys are a special part of industry. You're not barista. You don't work yeah. in the coffee industry. Somehow you're related. Yes. What do you think you guys role in a coffee industry? Because you're engineers, you, you, you evaluate coffee or think coffee in a different way than, than me and than the regular mm -hmm. coffee lovers. Yeah, the, the thing is, I think uh, it's about... What coffee is for you and how the hobby is evaluated? I mean, with the start of the pandemic, I started to work from home and sharing coffee con content from my personal Instagram account. And after some time, you know, my wife said, I mean, this can no longer go like that. You need to create a new account. I, I don't want my daughter to be seen by others with the coffee pictures and myself, you know. I mean, you need to separate your personal account with the coffee account. So it, it all started like that. Then I started to, you know, share the coffee content, equipment reviews. Then people liked it. Seems like there was a need from the local coffee community to share such experience because most of the coffee experience is shared by the professionals. But when it is shared by the home baristas that are doing this voluntarily, like yourself, takes more attention. And people really want to hear the real user coffee experience. After some time, I met with a friend, uh, Ismail. He is also creating coffee content on Instagram, Pepuk Cafe. 
And then we thought that, I mean, we need to start some conversations about coffee. It's like, you know, there should be some content voluntarily, non-profit, and need to tell people what the coffee is. And we need to be a bridge between the, you know, coffee professionals and the home baristas. That's how we started the Cafe Masasi, our talk shows. I mean, our aim is just to increase the awareness for the good coffee and to show how to get the most out of it and to show people the real user experiences and guide them while uh, choosing a coffee equipment because they are not cheap. Most of them are expensive. It's like, you know, uh, we just have a vision to tell people the real experiences, real user experiences by the real home baristas, not from the coffee professionals. That was our aim. It's how we started the Cafe Masasi live talk show. And it has been, I think, 83 episodes up to now, uh, Miki. So we have been having for the last 83 weeks. That's how it started. It's our hobby. We just want to listen local coffee communities and try to respond to their needs. That's awesome. Since you talk about local coffee community, tell us more about Turkish coffee community. What do we know and what we don't know about it? Oh, uh, I mean, there is a lot of interest in coffee lately in Turkey, like most parts of the world. Within the last two, three years, the specialty coffee industry grew and many people now asking questions about the coffee and they are demanding roasters to bring high quality coffees, high scored coffees. They also demand for better coffee equipment. For example, like two, three years ago, there were very limited hand grinders in Turkey. It's like it all started with the Comandante. Then uh, we had a distributor for Time More, but there was no more. But within the last two years, we had all the coffee grinders now in the market. Currently, we have all the coffee equipments in, the, in Turkey and we have great distributors. So I see a high demand both in the coffee side and the equipment side. And I also see the numbers of uh, roasters are also increasing. This is good on good and bad. Uh, the good side is you can experience better coffees or several coffees from the several roasters and compare how they do. Some may roast darker, some may lighter. You can experience that one. Uh, it's also bad. <laughs> Why? Because uh, they are not not all uh, well-educated. Because in order to become a good roaster, you need to educate yourself well. So with the high demand on coffee, so there are also, you know, uh, many roasters that try to sell, you know, cheaper beans to the people. So I think that's the balance between the, you know, uh, demand and the industry. That is true. You're talking about there are more roasters in, yeah. in recent years, which means their market amounts is growing, growing. Yes. And what do you think is that? Like what happens? Oh, uh, actually, you know, Turkey, I mean, uh, we typically drink tea in Turkey. And we also have a great culture of coffee, but it's mostly Turkish coffee. So it's not the best coffee in the world right now. Because, you know, in the origins of the Turkish coffee, uh, people were using coffees from Yemen. So very high quality coffees. But after the, you know, during the war times in Turkey, 
So there was a shortage, shortage on coffee. Then uh, we export coffee from Brazil, the Rio Minas coffees. You know, they are not the best quality coffees. And now when we show people that they can brew coffee from the other origins, other countries, they realize that the taste is really different because typically they tend to buy their coffees from the chain markets, the bigger coffee shops. And, you know, their roasting style. It's not like to highlight the best of the coffee. They are mostly on the darker side because they need to be consistent on their products. That's how they could do it. But with the specialty coffee roasters, people also connected to them. It's easier to communicate. I mean, you cannot communicate with a big coffee chain. You cannot find anyone to talk with you except the barista. But with the roasters, small roasters, you can talk everything about coffee. So it's how it started. People realize that when they ask questions, they get very nice answers. Then they realize that different coffees have different tests. Like when they brew a Kenya, they say, oh, it's a very nice acidity here. When they brew a natural process Ethiopia, they say lots of free tests here. So when they saw this, they started to dig into specialty coffee world and they asked for more and more. I think uh, that's the demand. So actually it's a good sign more people are into specialty coffee and roasters. Um, but I also know that in this year or since last year, uh, Turkey has been experiencing a huge uh economic issue yes. high inflation how does that influence the market as let's say your friends who buy coffee or your roaster friends imported coffee how, how's going there oh i mean it's a very big issue here in turkey uh, i have many friends that i mean stop drinking specialty coffee they are looking for cheaper alternatives some started to sell their equipment to get some money It's really currently expensive compared to the economical power in Turkey. Specialty coffee, as you know, it's not that cheap and uh, it's more expensive. And in Turkey, when you import the coffees, there are a lot of costs uh, besides the green coffee beans. The analysis, you know, the taxes and transportation, it makes it very expensive. So it's not easy to access good green coffee from Turkey, like the roasters in Europe. I mean, they can just order a coffee and they get the coffee the next day at their door, right? But here, it's not that easy. For example, just with numbers, if a roaster in Europe wants to buy a good coffee, they can buy it at $15 per kilogram, for example. But the same coffee in Turkey should be around more than $20, maybe $20, $22, $23 for the same coffee. If they bring that coffee, they need to sell at higher prices. And due to the economical power here, they cannot buy it. So that's why they try to find the best coffee uh, compared to the price. But uh, they also need to compete with the world. Otherwise, we have very good roasters here. Green coffee selection is very critical in Turkey right now. That's a that's a real issue, isn't it? Yeah. Let's say the market is growing. People are more interested in good quality coffee. But then as a country, let's say Turkey imported coffee, green coffee from somewhere, and you have to pay double price. Let's yep. say compare with US. 
And yep. it's very harmful to the market because you have yep. to pay extra. Um, do you see a trend Turkish coffee lover will purchase coffee directly from Europe or because local roasters, they are more expensive? Sometimes yes, sometimes not. So, I mean, there are people that has money and that does not have money. So, yeah. <laughs> as in every country. So, there are some people that always wants to get the best. They use the European roasters or the roasters from US. They buy it from there. They don't care. And some wants to try good coffee or different roasters in Europe. So, they create some budget to buy it. So, there is also a trend like that. But currently, uh, people stopped. I will not say it stopped, but the reduced the orders from the European roasters. That's what I feel and hear from my friends. Because uh, with the increased rates, uh, it's more and more expensive right now. But sometimes they also complain about the high prices uh, in the local market. And as a reaction, they just order from uh, European uh, roasters. As I mentioned, uh, most of the people now just try to get the discounted coffees or try to catch a good discount and get like, for example, instead of 250 grams, one kilogram of coffee at discounted price and drink it, you know, during the month. So that's the trend right now. <laughs> yeah, I see. I, as I remember two years ago, uh, just before, just after the pandemic started, and uh, Aeropress uh, asked some barista and some coffee friends to start a Bure Home campaign. So we offer a lot of discount from yep. roaster all over the world and that help a lot of people in, in that time, actually. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, if you guys have some similar thing, local help roasters, help local coffee community? Of course, in this case, roaster probably will earn less because they offer mm -hmm. a discount. But then more people are willing to buy because they can afford it instead of stop drinking especially coffee completely mm -hmm. are you guys doing something like that yeah we always do that i mean there are not many coffee content creators in turkey and as i said we have been doing this for the last 83 weeks so we met and we met with most of the rosters and most of the distributors in turkey so they know us we know them we have a good relationship and sometimes when they have newer coffees uh, we just say okay, do you want to make a discount for us, for the local coffee community? And most of the time they say yes, and we can get 20%, 30% off for the local community. And we just announce it from our social media. We also have the Turkey's Coffee's largest forum. It's kafeler.net. We own it with my friend. We also announced it there. I also worked with many wholesale activity for the equipment size. For example, for the Kafelat robot, Kinu, Time More, and all other equipments. I just go to the distributors and say, there are some people wants to buy this equipment, but you need to give us some discount. So I will get you at least 10, 15 people to buy it. So that's how we work. I don't earn anything. So I don't get the equipment for free. But it's just, as I mentioned at first, it's a bridge between the home baristas and the distributors. So it's like a win-win situation here. We get the equipment at reduced price and distributor sale uh, their equipment. Everyone is happy. That's uh, one of the purpose. That's very meaningful, I believe, because you're really helping both sides of the coffee industry. Yeah. People who need coffee, need gears, but 
find it difficult to buy because of the economic situation. Also, it helped the retailers, sellers to, yeah, yep. to sell their products too. So I think it's win-win. It's very yeah, exactly very exactly because they also win. They get cash when they make the sales, so they can buy green coffees, and uh, it supports also the small businesses and the small roasters. Okay, uh, they may get reduced margins, but they get. I mean, they sell the same coffee. Maybe in a week, they sell the same amount that they could sell in a month. So it really helps both sides. Exactly. So we talk about a Turkish coffee community, what's happening right there and how you're helping them. Uh, let's talk about coffee. Coffee itself. What is your favorite coffee? It's another difficult question. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I tried many coffees and I really like natural processed Ethiopian coffees. They're amazing. But it should be clean and not that intense. So anaerobic coffees and experimental methods, yeah, I also like it. But, you know, sometimes there are more fermented flavors, phenols in the coffee. That's what I don't like. I also like the washed coffees. They are bright and very clean. Typically, I try to test and experience all the coffees. But my, my favorite is, I think, natural processed Ethiopian coffees and also Geisha. So that's for sure. <laughs> Good. So next question moves to what's your favorite brute method? Oh, it's V60. V60. So yeah, I have been using it for the last 12 years. Maybe not on the V60, but it's cone drippers. Either V60, Crystal Eye or Kono or uh, you name it. I like to use cone drippers. I like to brew my coffee in cone drippers. And my second favorite is for sure Aeropress. And I also like manual espresso gear. Of course, you are a two reviewers. You have so many gears and grinders. And yeah. when we watch your YouTube video, we can find all of the great content. And you talk about the gears, the pros and cons from your engineering perspective. V60 is your favorite. I know in a the market, there are so many kinds of drapers, right? Yeah. Different shapes, geometry, and inside different patterns. What? Is, which one do you think is the best based on your engineering background? <laughs> Let's talk about coffee science. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, what I always say is, it's not the equipment who brew the coffee. It's you. So <laughs> you can get the similar test with every equipment. So it's the same thing. You need to know the fundamentals. You need to know how to brew the coffee. For example, Timer Crystal Eye. I mean, it gives you faster flow, but and lets you to get you know finer grounds. But in Herio, you can also compensate it. Or while using you know Kalita, you need to know the difference between a flat bottom dripper and the cone shaped dripper. And you need to control the agitation and the amount of water you pour. So it's all about what you like and whether you know how to brew coffee or not. I just see it as a balance between physics and what you like. And I try to be very careful uh, on this topic, Mickey. <laughs> so we don't need to have an engineering degree, right? To brew better yeah. coffee. <laughs> exactly. We need to know what we like first. Yeah. So you mentioned you're a big lover of coffee grinders, hand grinders. Yes. 
tell us more about your hobby. Why do you think hand grinding is such an interesting topic? Yeah, so it's not about only being an engineer, but I think I love all the manual coffee gear, not only hand grinders, but my favorite topic is hand grinders. Uh, I think up to now, I reviewed all Time More series, Commandante, Kinu, Normcore, Kaflano, Easy Presso, Edzinger, Herio, so you name it. Best thing about hand grinders is you can carry them with you. Typically, if you need a grinder that will be good at espresso and prover and it's electric, it's really expensive. You cannot find a good electric grinder that can grind for both espresso and prover. But with the hand grinders, it's easy. It takes some time to grind, that's okay, but they are very simple machines. There, it's very easy to grind the coffee. It's very easy to clean. You cannot get them damaged easily. You can carry it everywhere. For example, if you have a espresso machine at home and also like to brew prover, which electric grinder will you choose? It's a very difficult uh, question, and there is no one answer that will give you the same result as a hand grinder. So I think hand grinders are the most affordable options for a home barista for both prover and espresso. And they are easy to access. For example, if you also see the trend, there are many brands right now and there are many uh, different hand grinders in the market right now. So they are accessible, they are cheaper. It can give you what you want easily. I think that's the best thing about the hand grinders for, for me. And in means of design, so I mean, they all have different design and all hand grinders have their pros and cons. Some are easier to grind, better ergonomics. Some are more difficult. Some produces more fines. Some are better for prover. Some has good range for espresso. Some don't. Some are expensive. Some are cheaper. There is a hand grinder for everyone in the market. So that's what I think. Thanks. Have you ever considered one day you will design your own grinder since you're into this topic so much, right? Oh, yeah, it's very difficult to produce something, design and produce something. You know it, right? The momentum. <laughs> As you say, that's not rocket science. So it should be easy. <laughs> yeah, coffee is not, I'm brewing coffee is not a rocket science. Uh, designing a coffee grinder, okay, it may not be a rocket science, but it's complicated. You need to work on the bird design. So it's the heart of the grinder. As we all know why Comandante is popular, because the bird is solid and it gives consistent results. Otherwise, its ergonomics is not the best. Its setting dial, it's not the best, but the grinding mechanism is great. Maybe one day uh, I may do it, but it's really difficult to get funded. So you need to start a campaign on Kickstarter, Kickstarter most probably. Otherwise, it's really very, very expensive. There are some local companies in Turkey that started good products, but they cannot go on producing it because you need to sell in good amounts. It's not important to design something good. You need to make it work and you need to show it in the real life. I don't think I will, I mean, produce my own, but maybe I can support others. 
Thank you. But don't worry about it, but uh, about the crowdfunding, others, if you need help, always let us know because we, we, we are here to help. We have some experience in crowdfunding, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Yeah. We also have some connection with the manufacturers. So any anything you ask, we can always, you know, we're always here to help. So Thanks no so much. That. So I hope one day we can see your own grinder with your own name. <laughs> um, next question. You mentioned that a few years ago you created a new um, your your current Instagram account. It calls in English. It calls Aircraft Coffee, right? Yeah. So you also think maybe it's not the best name. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say we have a time machine. You can go back right now, <laughs> and you yeah. have a chance to change that name. What would be the new name you want to give it to it? Oh, <laughs> I didn't think about it. You know, but. As I mentioned, it's a Turkish name, and Tayyari means aircraft, and Kahve is coffee. But, you know, I didn't think that it will grow uh, because there is some complexity here. When I write to the companies or for a collapse, you know, they don't understand what my, what my username is. So I think it's the biggest complexity here. <laughs> so I need to explain them who I am, what I am doing. So that's the complexity. But... Maybe I could choose something simpler. I don't know. Maybe hand grinder man or <laughs> hand grinder man. Yeah, and maybe hangman. Yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. So uh, I don't know, no, but uh, it will be something simple and that will remind people about coffee in English. It w- it won't be in Turkish for sure. We all know that you have your podcast, interview people, and that is why yep. this episode is important. We want people to know about you, who is the person behind this aircraft coffee, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Among all of your guests, which one is the most memorable guest? You have mm-hmm. many big names there on your channel. So, yeah. So when we started this with my friend, Ismail, we just started ourselves to tell about people on hand grinders equipment then started coffees then got the local roasters then distributors and one day we said i mean why don't we get someone more famous in the coffee industry and that can tell us other things that people cannot and let's make it in english i mean we can also serve the community you know uh, in that means then i wrote to scott rail and he said yes. You know, I was very surprised and excited. So I think Scott Reo was the motivational moment for us because when he said yes, we thought that, you know, all is possible. You know, everybody has support for volunteer, nonprofit organizations or efforts, and they try to support you. So I think that was a big moment for us when we had the Scott Reo. As our guest in Kahve Masasa, I think it was last year in December. And at the end of this year, we also get the Jonathan Gagney. So that was another situational moment for us. We also had a 90 plus, Sibarist coffee, the coffee wine, and many people. But I think the Scott Reo was the, is number one among them. <laughs> it means of motivation for us. Definitely. It's a big milestone moment, right? Where you can connect with those big names in the coffee industry. Uh, tell us about your plan. Your, let's say, 2022. Is yeah. there any big name on your guest list? We want to have big names. <laughs> I mean, 
everybody can guess, right? James Hoffman. <laughs> yeah, I asked him several times. I am still bugging him, you know, time to time. So I am waiting for the moment when he will say yes. I mean, I think at some point he will say, oh, okay, I want to get rid of this guy and we'll say yes. So <laughs> I would say yes, so he will disappear from our life. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm trying to push for it. Besides maybe Lance Hendrick, he's also a great guy Yes. Uh, for the coffee. And uh, maybe some companies, I don't want to reveal all the names. <laughs> so it's going to be a busy year for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes time to coordinate, you know. I mean, you know it uh, way better than myself. It takes a lot of time to talk to them, to convince them. Uh, because there's also some risk uh, when you consider the famous names, you know. Uh, you get them as your guest, but they need to trust you. They need to know you to come and talk to you. It's also a risk for them, so I can totally understand. Makes sense, definitely. So what is your tip for home brewers today in 2022? I guess it's pretty different from 2010, right? When you got your first draper. Yeah. And then you were the first uh, man in Turkey had a hand grinder. <laughs> <laughs> so now everything's different. Everything got cheaper. You have more options, but also people are facing economic issue, you know, high inflation yep. in Turkey. So what is your tip for home brewers in Turkey, oh. to your own community. Yeah, yeah, first thing is they need to read and learn how to brew coffee. They should not listen all the influencers, YouTubers, and follow their recipes, including myself. <laughs> so they just need to listen all the people, different voices, and make their selection based on that. They need to know what they like. And they need to tell me their budget and what they like, then I can tell them the options available in the market. So that's what I can tell them because as I, as I mentioned to you, it's not the equipment who brew the coffee. It's you. You are in control. Please use the recipes as references, but do not try to replicate them. It may not work for you. Just try to learn how to brew coffee and support your local roasters. Try to get the best coffee compared to your budget and brew good coffee. So that's what I could tell, Miki. Thank you so much for the tip. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for tuning in to this I'm Not a Barista episode. Subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at I Am Not a Barista for more empowering vibes and true coffee stories that connect you with coffee lovers around the world. You're a part of our global community where we celebrate baristas and their craft in everything that we do.